Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Thursday afternoon in Appleton. That means it's time for the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. It's Thursday, April 29th. Just about done with April. Busy show in the next hour. Wisconsin Retirement System. If you're in it, probably got your letter. You want to read it. We have somebody that can help decode it. That's on the way. Ask Annex is coming up. Going to check in with Dennis Johnson, Annex Wealth Management Appleton. Hey, are you on the same page as your spouse when it comes to retirement planning? We're going to talk about that delicate topic. And a quick reminder, got a webinar next week, next Wednesday morning for donor advised funds. Know the difference if you're charitably inclined looking for a great charity angle. That would be one thing you can think about. Donor advised funds. We're going to cover that in its entirety. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Danny. Hey, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Looking at the draft board? Yeah, I'm only, what news that we're seeing today out of uh, with Aaron Rodgers, man, that's just stunning. We're trying to focus here this afternoon on uh, some really, really good sales and earnings reports that we have seen and guidance as well. You know, some are calling this a peak earnings season and therefore the S&P closing over 4,200 for the first time, Derek. Yeah, it's the first time the S&P up almost 5% for the month. And we got a lot of good news. You know, last night we had a terrific report out of Apple. I think the stock traded off simply because there were a lot of high expectations built into it. But Facebook had a great report. Google had a great report. Uh, We also heard from Ford Motor Company, and that was a really interesting result because essentially they're going to have to shut down production for a good chunk of the coming quarter because they do not have enough semiconductors. So that's something that also was reflected in the Caterpillar report as well. So while the economy is clearly accelerating, the labor market is improving, some companies are having difficulty because of uh, bottleneck shortages and supply chain issues that will take a little bit of time to resolve. And that's right. And supply chain has been something we've been paying attention to in you see it not only in chips, and obviously there's uh, semiconductor chips in nearly everything that we use, but there's also shipping container shortages as well. And so it's been difficult to get the goods here. But the good news is earnings are doing really, really good. As expected, we're about 30% of the way through the earnings season. And earnings on not only a net income, but sales have really been through the roof. And so the market is starting to digest that right now. And some stocks aren't reacting, but right now, for sure, you mentioned a number of companies that are doing really, really well. And the second thing that we're watching too, Derek, is what happened with the FOMC meeting yesterday, the Federal Open Market Committee, where Chairman Jay Powell said interest rates aren't going anywhere. Yeah, it really is curious because we're talking about we had a GDP report today up 6.4% in the first quarter. Huge. Yeah, Huge uh, not as good as expected because there was an inventory drawdown, so that would lead to stronger growth in coming quarters. So that'll get made up. But in the context of that and context of how strongly the stock market is performing, you would think the Federal Reserve would think about perhaps, you know, relaxing this accommodation. But he continues to say that they want to overshoot inflation, their inflation targeted 2%. They will keep rates low until they see actual reported data that tells them that the economy is back to normal. And by normal, they don't mean just 
okay. They mean an unemployment rate that is close to the lows that we saw in the prior cycle, and inflation that is north of their target, and a GDP that is above pre-pandemic levels, yeah. and we are just not there yet. Yeah, it's amazing. And you think about the Fed's job, right, in its full employment and price control. Price control is inflation that we talk about. And it's funny because everyone says they're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates. In fact, we saw one report, Danny, that said these rates could stay with us until 2024, and low rates really are good for lots of risk assets like real estate and equities. You just joined us. Annex Wealth Management shows on the air for WHBY. It is a Thursday. It's April 29th. Easy to find 2801 East Enterprise Avenue in Appleton. That's right off of Ballard. We're meeting with all sorts of people there, but if you're still more comfortable doing it uh, via video chat, that's easy as well. But the first place to start is AnnexWealth.com. Click in that Get Started button. Starting with the free portfolio analysis, our team will look things over, give you some recommendations. If you think if it's a match, we move forward from there. And I know that you've heard lots of our teammates here on WHBY over the years. That's how we think. That's how we operate. It's one team, one plan, and one fee. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, you know, people are asking us at what point does this market stop going up? But you have to think about what Derek was just talking about, the fact that GDP is expected to be good the next quarter and the quarter after that as well. So you think about the wealth effect, people's equities going up, their 401k plans going up, their house values are going up. So the wealth effect is in play as well as the money supply is up over 40 percent and i want you to explain that the money supply um yeah the money supply has expanded at an annualized rate that we've we've never really seen before and one of the reasons why we haven't seen the uptick inflation you normally would see is in the banking sector there really hasn't been a lot of loan demand corporations have over two trillion on the balance sheet so they don't really feel the need to borrow and it's the borrowing that actually causes the multiplier effect that leads to inflation inflation from high money supply growth. Now that could change. And one of the things I've continued to believe is while the Fed says they have seen no reason to raise rates until 2023, 2024, my guess is the bond market will force their hand as they often do. Yeah, and that's right. So one of the ways to watch is what is the 10-year treasury doing? And it's certainly stabilized here around 1.6% on the 10-year treasury. And so we watch that very carefully because, you know, these things, these people called the bond vigilantes, if you will, start to raise that that rate and then the Fed has no choice but to react and that is exactly what they're doing. They're reacting. They're looking backwards instead of looking forward and that is something to watch. And then lastly, of course, we saw President Biden introduce a spending and tax bill last night, which was uh, which was not surprising to those of us who have been talking about it on the show. But we saw a number of changes that is potential for changes in taxation. Individual income taxes, those over 400, would go back to 39.6, imposing the 3.8% Medicare investment tax on those as well capital gains and dividends, estate taxes, eliminating like-kind exchanges in the real estate uh, market, and then, of course, spending a whole lot of money, $80 billion, to give the IRS to chase down those tax cough laws. No, I mean, if you think about it, if the Biden administration were a television show, an app title might be Trillions, kind of an offshoot of the Billions show that was about that unscrupulous hedge fund manager Denny used to like to watch. Yeah, that's right. And so it's it's big T's being thrown around Trillions. And we've seen this before, but we also have seen before in, in the 1960s and 1970s, and again in 1986, that you choose to sell an asset. You control that asset. So if you choose not to sell a stock or 
a piece of real estate, that means that the government doesn't get their tax dollars. So at a certain point, and the evidence is over 28%, that people will choose not to realize the gain, and actual revenue actually goes down, and it's become counterproductive. So we don't think you're going to see 39.6 plus 3.8, which is a 43.8% on dividends. And remember, folks, that money has been taxed once already. So the corporation pays taxes on it, and then, of course, the individual pays again on the dividend. You add those two up between the corporate taxation and the dividend tax rate, and you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 70%. People just won't go for that. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. We've got him until 5 o'clock. Same thing with Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Quick reminder, next Wednesday, donor advised funds. Know the difference. It's a great webinar. We usually do these in the afternoon, but we've had a recent call for people saying, hey, listen, could you do one in the morning? So this one will be at 8.30 in the morning. You can register for that at AnnexWealth.com. Coming up between now and 5 o'clock and the rest of the show, if you're in the Wisconsin retirement system, you got the letter. It's a once a year letter. One of our experts is going to be talking about that next. We're going to chat with him about it. Ask Annex is coming up. So is Dennis Johnson of Annex Wealth Management Appleton. And also, ask yourself these questions. Are you on the same page as your spouse when it comes to retirement planning? Many times it's not a match and that can create some problems. Somebody's coming up to talk about that website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Annex Wealth Management, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. Run the lists for the top 100 wealth managers at RIAChannel.com. Proud partner of University of Wisconsin. Most importantly, a fee-only fiduciary. We'll be back. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. We talk about the team here. We're proud to do it. we got teammates who are well-versed in so many different areas, tax planning, estate planning, long-term care investments, Medicare, divorce. In the case of our next guest, Wisconsin Retirement System, welcome back. Jason Ganier, a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Danny. Love doing that intro. If somebody's new to the show, why don't you just give us that quick history? Sure. I've been in uh, law enforcement 27 years now, getting very close to retirement. So this ETF statement we're going to talk about is very important to me. But I've been in Annex as a CFP, been here since 2013, primarily work with government employees, but also work with clients that aren't government employees. So we want to kind of focus on the WRS statement, which just came in the mail in the last couple of weeks. It goes to current employees in the WRS system, former employees, alternate pays, and then retirees who might not have taken a benefit from additional contributions. So what's inside that letter that's important? There's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of people that receive this statement. If you work for the government at one time or you currently work, and most people are still currently working. So you get this and it's basically a snapshot in time of where your pension is today. Obviously, if you stay on the job longer, it'll increase each year and your benefits will increase. So it's a snapshot today. And that's something that sometimes people misinterpret. They look at the data and they're a little bit confused. You should always check it for accuracy. There's earnings and service. There's years of credible service. There's employer-required contributions. There's a non-taxable portion. So just make sure you go through that and make sure that's right. Absolutely, especially the you know the earnings section one. Sometimes people are a little bit confused, especially teachers or technical college systems, because they get credited on a fiscal year, which is July 1st to June 30th. So you want to look at that. Basically, a year lagging. The years of credible service is usually accurate, I'm sure, but you still want to check it to make sure they have all of your time in, especially if people switched occupations like general employee, let's say you work for DPW, and then you became a law enforcement officer. I have people have done that. You get different credited service depending upon what type of job you do. So check them over carefully. 
there are sections that produce the majority of questions. Let's go through those. Sure. I mean, one thing is the additional contributions. Not many people use the additional contributions, but if you are making additional contributions, that's after-tax money that's put into WRS that you get paid out when you retire. Check to make sure Section 4 has those additional contributions. Section 5 is really important. I mean, that's your primary beneficiary designation. Basically, who would get your benefit in the event that something untimely happened to you? You want to make sure that you have that correct. There's been a change in life. You've been married. You've been separated. You want to update it if need be. Um, when you look at Section 7, death benefit, you know, that's if something were to happen to you before you retire. So it's basically life insurance because you wouldn't have got that pension for the rest of your life because something happened to you before you retired. So you want to look at that. That gets credited every year with interest. And then the big things we want to talk about is Section 8, Section 9, which is your formula and then your money purchase benefit. How's that work? Yeah, a lot of people have questions on that because when you retire, you get either your money purchase benefit or your formula benefit, the higher of the two. WRS always calculates them both, and when you retire, you'll get whatever benefits higher. What I found is most people will get the formula benefit. It's a formula. Think about just like a math formula. However many years you worked times the crediting rate, so it's like 2% per year for law enforcement, 1.6 for general employees, times your average three years of service. So it's just a big math formula. Most people, if you put a lot of time on the job, you'll end up with that formula benefit. So super important. In fact, the most important, do you think? I'd say definitely the most important. The money purchase benefit, that's just basically every year you're getting credited both contributions from yourself, meaning the employee, the employer, and then whatever the trust fund produced in investment returns. So what I find is the money purchase usually affects people that maybe didn't put a lot of time in employment. Let's say you worked five years because you have to work five years now to be vested. And then that formula benefit also comes in effect if someone worked way more years than maybe there's in their formula benefit. Jason Ganeer is a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, works with lots of our clients who work in the public sector. We are talking about the Wisconsin Retirement System. This is the 2021 Statement of Benefits. It arrived, and it's important that you go through it. Let's talk about Section 10. Section 10 is probably the most important section because that's showing you when you retire what you're going to receive as your benefit. Now, remember, that's a snapshot in time. That's what you're receiving as of what you've earned at this time, how many years you have at this time. As you put more time on the job, it's going to increase your benefit. And the other thing is it shows your minimum retirement age and then what we call your full retirement age. So depends on when you retire, how that's impacted. It also is showing just what they call a single life annuity. What a single life annuity is just payment for your life. It has no survivor benefit. Most people, if you're married, you're going to take a survivor benefit. And in the state of Wisconsin, you actually have to take some benefit unless your spouse signs off on the single life annuity, which is not going to happen in most cases. People are used to seeing things like that if they've ever looked at their Social Security stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a good example. Yeah. You know, Social Security does, though, presume that you're going to continue to earn at your current rate up until your age 60s. This doesn't uh-huh. presume that. This is just saying, hey, today you've earned this much and you had this much service, so this is what your benefit is. So you have to actually use the WRS calculator and start making projections on what your earnings could be, how many years of service, when you plan on retiring, et cetera. WRS is pretty solid, 225,000 retired employees, eighth largest U.S. public pension, 25th largest public or private pension in the world, and it's well run. It's a great pension system. It's one of the first. It's one of the best run, in my opinion, if not the best run in the country. People that you know worked in government service, that's part of their overall compensation package, and they should really understand what it is because it's a big part of your financial plan, and when you get to the point of retiring, you want to know how that works in your plan. 
That's right. And if you're in that line of work, you need somebody that speaks your language. Jason Gunnear is the guy. He's one of the deeply talented teammates that assists in every single aspect, puts it all together. Jason Gunnear, a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Danny. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY, Thursday, April 29th. This is the day I'm going to remember when I heard the news that Aaron Rodgers didn't doesn't want to come back to the Packers. Everybody's digesting that. Got the NFL draft tonight. Our Brian Gutekust is um, Dave Spano, President and CEO of Wealth Management. Don't call me that. My That's, goodness. You're a personnel guy, I would guy, get on you? an airplane and fly to California and give the guy roses and candy right now. Okay, let me call you Ron Wolf. You put the team together. How about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So I will tell you that there's earning seasons going on, and it's really good. And we're watching individual names, and a lot of them are really interested. And we saw Tesla, and you know, Tesla gets some of their earnings from selling tax credits because of what they do. And they, part of their earnings call as well is they sell sold some of their Bitcoin holdings. Did you see that, Derek? I did. It's really kind of interesting. Uh, Musk, I guess, is going to appear on Saturday Night Live uh, one of the first weekends in May, and he's also been a, a believer in Dogecoin, which essentially has zero value, but has made some people billions of dollars. So there's a lot of speculation in the marketplace, and that's one of the things that we have to consider as an investment committee. At the beginning of the year, we are thinking, you know, if the S&P earned about $200 a share in 2022 and you put a multiple on it, what would you get? Well, we put a 21 multiple on it and got to 4200 which is essentially where we are today. Now, of course, we did not know that the earnings would be as good as they've been, that the analysts were underestimating earnings progression as much as they were, nor did we know how quickly the vaccines would be distributed in the United States. Or 6 to $8 trillion of money in the system as well. Yeah, we thought he would be more of a conciliator, more of a right. kind of a, 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 a compromiser, if you will, with the Republicans. So that you know forces one to, to reassess their assumptions. But at, at 4200 there is a lot of good news discounted in the markets, and we have to think through that and wonder whether these variants overseas could become a problem down the road for uh, global growth and the like. So, uh, and so, one, so one of the ways, let me just ask you, because we got uh, just over a minute here, one of the ways that people should think about it then is risk mitigation. And in portfolio management, there's things that people can do. If, if we're not managing the money here at Annex Wealth Management, there are things that you can do in your portfolio to mitigate some of the risk. Yeah, and the big one is, you know, depending upon what your risk tolerance is, if you're more risk tolerant, you have more equities. If you're less risk tolerant, you have more fixed income. But in an environment like this where stocks have rallied as much as they have, there's no doubt that the equity piece of your portfolio has grown well above what your target allocation was. So, you know, we talk about risk mitigation, and what that essentially means is dollar cost averaging. Get back to the level of risk you signed up for. Just because your stock portfolio is going up a lot doesn't mean risk isn't going up a lot. There's more risk in a higher price than there is in a lower price. But not only dollar cost averaging, but rebalancing back to your original goal. And, yep. and so that's one of the ways to do that. Start to take some chips off the table. Look at your portfolio and say, are these names, are these parts of your portfolio fully valued? Should you take advantage of other parts? Parts of the portfolio, if you are not sure what that looks like or how to do that, we give folks, everyone who walks through the door, we give them a portfolio review. If you're interested in that, there's a way to get it done. You head to our website, and yep, you can do it on a Thursday afternoon. It's AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button. But while you're there, read the story about Annex Wealth Management. I think the website's really nicely organized. Make sure you find the Know the Difference checklist. That is a major thing, and we talk about that quite a bit. We're a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. There is a significant difference between financial advisors. We're going to be back in a bit. Stick around. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. This is WHBY. 
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We are back. It is time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Ask button. Todd Boyd is Chief Investment Strategist at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us for Ask Annex. Glad to be here. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. You got another new title, by the way, or another new designation. Let's celebrate that for a sec. What is that? I did. It's an accredited behavioral finance professional certification. So it really has everything to do with why people make the investment choices they do. Like, now, you can ask that question any number of ways. Why do you make them the way you do? Right, or, okay. right, right. Well, a lot of it has to do with how we were brought up around money and the little scripts and heuristics that we've developed over time about um, those quick choices and quick answers. Because, you know, we have two parts of our brain. One thinks really quickly and reflexively, and one is the slower, more methodical, cognitive part. Well, congrats. Way to go. Oh, thank All you. All right, let's get to Ask Annex. Our first question is from John. Todd, we'll give this one to you. Both market participation and economic data are surging. What's it mean for equities? First, what is market participation? What's that? Well, I, you know, I think from the question, it sounds like that market participation has to do with the rally in stocks and the broad participation of retail investors, especially since November. So my take on that is the market and the economic data surging the market generally looks ahead. So you, you have to think of it as two separate parts, market forecasts and expectations and economic forecasts and expectations. They are two different animals. The market, think of it, the market as a barometer of what's going on underneath. So 
It's the same animal it was 80 years ago. Uh, fluctuates based on underlying fundamentals. Those underlying fundamentals are different from one decade to the next. But you can pretty much bet that the market expectations part of, of this is already built in, or the economic data forecasts are already built into the, the market expectations. So the market, like I said, looks ahead. Next up is from Sean. Is the 60-40 portfolio even a thing anymore? What do you think he means by that? Oh, yeah, the balance, the traditional balanced portfolio. So when we go back to old school economics and we think about Markowitz, we think about the efficient frontier, you know, and that big curve and where does the portfolio sit in the mix of stocks and bonds? 60-40 was kind of that sweet spot, that balanced portfolio right. for years and years. So a lot of, uh, again, heuristics rules, a lot of that suppositions about going into retirement of having a balanced portfolio uh, certainly survive today, right, Todd? Yeah, and I think the reason why it's called into question is the 40% part. You know, the 60 people can understand that. The 60 is the stocks, right? 60 is the stocks, 40 is the bonds. But that 60-40 could be U.S. real estate, international real estate. could be large cap and small cap that whole, uh, you know, it's just the difference in, in asset classes. But the 40 is referring to bonds. Is it even a thing anymore with rates as low as they are? I would say, well, the, look at it this way. If, if you're not going to be 100% equities or stocks, then the difference is going to have to be in cash bonds unless it's commodity, arts, coins, collectibles, et cetera. Interesting question, kind of a follow-up uh, from Kyle. How many types of fixed income are there? Well, you've got, you know, and that's a really good question because fixed income covers CDs and bonds. Within bonds, you've got really only three basic categories, governments, corporates and municipals and you could throw a fourth in there international and they're all four within the bond part influenced by different factors government strictly by interest rates there's no credit issue corporates by credit and interest rates municipals by state and local municipality and primary influences taxes and interest rates and international is exchange rates number one two is interest rates relative difference in interest rates but you start you see the they all have one thing in common is they're all four affected by interest rates. Right, and they're all uh, about income generation also. So to really mix it up and confuse people, sometimes we put preferred stocks into the fixed income category too, and it it can be about income generation and retirement for sure. Great, and then real quick, a text question. I think this is in reference to when we talked about overseas, certain countries with negative bonds, but it says, why would anyone buy a bond with negative interest? Well, generally wouldn't, but the, you know, when I first saw, saw this, I thought of inflation index treasury bonds right now, and they're, they're actually paying a negative yield to maturity. And they do sometimes because, they're, because of the inflation adjustment factor, but they're actually deeply negative yield to maturity, which means they're overbought. Now, the foreign bonds, if that was the intent, you'd buy them as a U.S. investor because of you expect the euro to strengthen or the yen to strengthen. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY with Dennis Johnson, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management Appleton. Hey, Dennis. Hey, good afternoon, Danny. I know this is a good week for you. You always like to see the start of high school baseball. You're a bit of a player yourself, so it's always good, right? Oh, yes. It was a good time in high school. I enjoyed playing baseball. I didn't care much for the cooler weather this early in the spring, but it was a good time. This is going to be the first of a two-part series, 12 Reasons Why You Should Consider a Financial Planner. And we'll, we'll admit, we're a little bit biased, but for good reason. 
We work with our clients every single day to demonstrate value and to answer the question, why do I need you? Because times like this with the market doing well, that quick assumption is investing is simple or anybody can do it. Dennis, the first reason is, and this is important, saving and investing are too important to mess up. Oh, it very much is too important to mess up. A lot of people, as you say there, say that they can do it themselves. You know, anyone can do it. But do you want your retirement based on only your ability or your co-workers' input on your ability? You know, we all go to an attorney. Occasionally, we need a lawyer to draw up our estate planning documents, power of attorneys. All these kind of things are very important parts of the wealth management process. If you're ill, you go seek out the advice of a doctor. Because what you're basically doing is you're relying on their expertise. So much like working with us as an advisor, it's going to be able to give you that clear cut expertise in creating that financial plan and the investment process. Here's another reason. The older you get, the fewer do-overs you get. You know, I, I do a little golfing, Danny, and I'm, when I say a little, it's very little. I'm not really that good, and it shows in my game. But there are times when I'm teeing off on that first tee box, and I might muff the ball. And so the guys with me are very, you know, they're full of grace, and they give me a little leeway. They say, ah, oh, Dennis, that's just a mulligan. Go ahead and tee it up and hit it again. What we have to understand is you do not get second chances a lot of times once you're retired. Those decisions, you must be very definitive on that. How is retirement going to look? And yes, there can be some gray areas, but really somebody wants to retire with gray areas. But beyond that, you want to make sure that you're doing all the right things at the right time. And what exactly are those things? That's where we come into play. Well, I work with a financial planner. There's many reasons. The third one is many people invest backwards. I'm not sure what that means. And what it really means is this. A lot of times people will invest into the stock market. The stock market has been doing very well as of late. People will put monies into it, hoping that that stock does really well. And there's some clear cut winners there. But on the other hand, maybe you chose some positions you thought would work and have not worked out for you. You have a tendency to want to hold on to those. You might show it, have it come down in value maybe by 50%. It might cut in half from what you paid for it. You know, that may happen. And with the problem with that, by holding on to it, hoping in your heart that that's going to return, but in your head, you kind of know it's not. It's got to go up that 100% just to equal what you paid for it. So after it's come down at 50% and then has to recover all that way back up, a lot of times that's a tough ride to make. And, and that making that call can be very difficult. Dennis Johnson is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, Appleton. This is the first of a two-part series, 12 Reasons Why You Should Consider Working with a Financial Planner. The fourth is those guys on TV aren't that helpful. And I'm going to imagine in the studio, we've got CNBC going on all the time. I don't know if those guys stir the pot or if they help. You know, sometimes they stir the pot, I'm sure. I do watch it myself quite often, and maybe not just that channel, but other channels. I like to gather as inform- much information as I can. And because I've been in the business long enough, I can discern. And that's the big key here. I can discern what is right and what is wrong, what will work with our clients, what will not work with our clients. Those shows, those television shows, give us that sense of urgency. I have to get this done now. The market's going down. You need to act now. And here's, but, but that's not always the case. 
sometimes they have a product to sell as well. They do have commercials. You know, whatever you do in your world, and you know that you're making a living doing that. People have to be more aware, have more of an understanding as to what's going on, so you can cut through what is right and what is wrong. And only real experience, having pe- taken people through that process of retirement, will actually even know what that even looks like. It's very hard to know, and it's good to work with somebody who has that experience. Final point for this afternoon, you will be paying at least know how much. Yes, there aren't any companies at all that work for free. Annex Wealth Management does not work for free. We are a fee-only fiduciary advisor. We're one of the few who do not charge for commissions or collect other upfront monies or behind-the-scenes monies of any kind. Working with different companies, you might hear that they may work with Vanguard, Fidelity, BlackRock. You know, I like all those companies and, and various reasons. The problem there is everybody gets hooked in thinking that, well, that is no load. That's not costing me anything. But in fact, it really is. I mean, they do have these big buildings. They have a lot of employees. And really, they're doing this for nothing. That's not really the case. You have to be aware of all the other hidden costs. Someone who can better help you explain what are expense ratios? What are 12B1 costs? You know, I can go on. People need to have better feel for what's going on. I'm the kind of guy that I want to know what's going on. I do a lot of research. I'm even, you know, before I buy a lawnmower or whatever I'm buying, I do a lot of research. And then all of a sudden I pull the trigger when the time is right because I have done that deep dive to find what is right for me. I'm the kind of guy that if I walk past a restaurant and they got the menus outside there on the building, Danny, and if it doesn't have the prices, I just keep walking. That's just not who I am. I enjoy a good meal, but I don't like secrets. I don't like smoke and mirrors. I like specifics. Hey, folks, if you are ready, so are we, ready to assist with investment and retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. And we do it, as Dennis said, as the fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Dennis Johnson, a wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management, Appleton. Come on back next week, and we'll finish this thing up. Wonderful. Thanks, Danny. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, ACFP, and ACDFA. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. What we're about to talk about isn't designed to create division. In fact, it's the opposite. We're going to tackle the disparity when it comes to who takes care of the, quote, money stuff in a relationship. And Deanne, when a married female makes the decision to leave that money stuff to her partner, is she giving her financial power away? Well, Danny, I absolutely believe so. So among well educated professional women, almost half leave financial decisions to their male partners. Truth across generations and professions of all ages, they're doing it. Is this a lack of confidence? Is this complacency? Is this keeping the peace? It's actually across the board for many reasons, Danny. So sometimes it's feeling inadequate and learning the jargon, and we know there's a lot in finance. Sometimes it's just, oh, you just feel stupid when faced with something that feels so foreign. And then sometimes they're faced with the decision to get up to speed on their investments and finances, which they think they should, but might not actually have the time with a full-time job or the inclination to do so. So then what happens is it becomes this insurmountable task, so they leave it to their partner. According to a recent survey, most women simply believe their partners know best. Okay, i got to stick up for the guys here. I've got to say, at least in my marriage, 
I'm more interested in financial matters than my wife. Right, right. So usually we do see a division of financial responsibilities in a joint household. Uh, Now, I'll admit, as a professional woman of finance, my husband and I split our roles in our household. Historically, I've done the money management, asset allocation, and selection. I have most of my money professionally managed, mind you, here at Annex, because I'm busy doing other things, like sitting with clients and not watching my own accounts. There are professionals with proper software and analytic tools for offsetting risk in my portfolio, and we know we all need that. Now, my spouse, however, takes care of the budgeting, the bill paying. However, this is important, and we're actually doing this exercise right now. My husband and I sat down last night and this morning. Every so often, at least twice a year, we sit down and make sure we know what each other's doing. What's being paid online? What are the passwords? What are the URLs? Where is our asset allocation? How is it currently fitting our financial planning needs? Like we have upcoming college tuition. So how will that impact our plan? I'm doing our year-end tax estimate for our tax planning needs. Coincidentally, these are all things we do regularly for our clients at Annex. Deanne Phillips, you're a CDFA. That's a certified divorce financial analyst. Do you see cases where marriages end because of financial disagreements that come to a head? Maybe somebody all of a sudden says, I want more representation here. I have certainly seen so, yes. And particularly around undisclosed debt that one spouse hides from another. Now, we call that financial infidelity. But mostly it's the dismay that comes after the marriage ends and the disempowered, financially disconnected spouse is then trying trying to learn and reconnect during a very stressful period of adjustment. Okay, let's flip things around. Is one partner carrying all the investment, financial, and estate planning decisions, is that a burden on that person? Well, here's food for thought. When a woman places all the responsibility on her partner, which according to this recent study is about 16% of cases, it's not fair to themselves. I mean, think of what happens if something happens to that partner. And it's not fair to her spouse either, because that spouse, working for both of them, but just by himself, might be undergoing assumptions that may or may not be good for the woman, the female half of that couple. Like maybe, is he investing for longevity that the woman might have in her family? Eight out of 10 women will be alone and responsible for their financial situation at some point in their lives. We have to remember this. Okay. Am I guilty if I've told my wife, Suzanne, listen, if anything happens to me, we'll be in good hands because I, too, am a client at Annex Wealth Management, that I would say, go talk to the crew there. Absolutely. So part of our job as holistic financial planners is to kind of reinsure and make sure that if something tragically happens to one spouse, even temporarily, the remainder person is not going to be thrown for a financial loop. So these are discussions we have. And there's a plan in place, right? So you're following the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, all of this can be fixed, but it really starts from a 300-foot kind of a level first. It might be time to have a heart-to-heart talk with yourself first. Why aren't you involved if you're disconnected in your own finances? Is it habit? Is it a pattern? Is that what happened in the household while you were growing up? Did the dad always take care of the finances? Or are you feeling some fear and anxiety, feeling you have to learn a whole new language of finance? Do you hold on to an old belief system that says, ooh, we shouldn't talk about finances, money causes fights? So in other words, get to the heart of why you're putting it off. Then, ask yourself where you'd like to be in your future, 5, 10, heck, even 20 years out. How do you envision your lifestyle and financial picture? What would change if you were running the money? Would charitable or family giving look different? Would a travel budget, post-COVID, of course, look different? Then once you've thought about all these things, and keep in mind, remember, Danny, These are not questions like, how much money do we actually need? These are much larger values-oriented questions, and they matter to both partners. So then, 
engage your partner. Ask them the same questions about money behaviors, patterns, visions for the future. Share your answers, too. Have a good heart-to-heart on these issues. And this works for anyone sharing finances with anyone. Young people just about to get married, ready to have a baby, couples coming up on retirement, all the way through. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA, knows her stuff. Thanks for your time. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. Quick reminder, next Wednesday, donor advised funds know the difference. A great webinar happens in the morning. We're going to try a morning webinar. Many people have asked us for it. We're going to see if that works with people's schedules. You can register at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Again, that happens next Wednesday on donor advised funds. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, is here, along with Dave Spano, president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Well, you know, a year ago, we all know where we were in the fact that we had no idea that vaccinations could could be coming, but I saw a phenomenal statistic the other day that showed that 95% of all the deaths are those people who were over age 50, and of them, 75% of that group is now vaccinated, and those over 65, 85% are vaccinated. So that is such good news, and the economy is starting to move forward because of the reopening, and in fact, Jay Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, mentioned that might be the biggest decision in front of him is how we proceed with the virus. Well, that that's absolutely right. In fact, probably the greatest form of stimulus is the eradication of the virus. The other thing I'd like to add on, on that is there is a lot of talk about when the Fed is going to move and what the dot plots look like and the like. Uh, but there are certain sectors of the markets that actually do much better in a rising rate environment than others. And and my guess is most investors are under underinvested in those areas, things like real estate investment trusts, uh, you know, inflation. Uh, real estate tends to be a good hedge against rising inflation and rising interest rates. Another area that could be very interesting is energy. You know, we energy demand. Goldman Sachs, in fact, said that energy demand in the coming six months is going to increase at the highest rate ever in a six-month period. And there are any number of energy companies companies out there that pay very attractive dividends, that are trading at reasonable valuations, and that I think are under underexploited by investors because last year energy was the laggard sector. So those that have bought energy this year have really been looking for it to improve relative to the FANG stocks and the rest. We had uh, a client come in this week. He sold his company, was coming into a lot of money, and he came to us because we are one team. In other words, wealth management, estate planning, tax planning, and investment planning. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that. I was talking to a different client today, and he said, you know, that's what I really like is I don't have to go other places. One team, investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. You're not paying extra for all those other places you need to go. One plan that's built for you, this gentleman that Dave just referenced, you bet we are going to put something together that is exactly what he needs. One fee, fee-only fiduciary, talking about zero commissions, total fee transparency. Website, AnnexWealth.com. For Derek and Dave, I'm Danny. We will see you in a week. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 